0: Thanks for checking out Journey Church. This week we have a message by Pastor Bob Griffith. Things that have firsts in our lives, they break through the common pattern that we are used to. Uh, whenever we have a first, there's the way that we were, and then it, it happens, and then there's the way that we are. So you might, um, you might connect to uh, a, an example like your first car. So when you got your first car, I'm sure that you know, you all remember your first car or maybe motorcycle, and you just, you just remember getting the keys and how awesome that felt, and then maybe putting your hand on the steering wheel, and then that first time that you take a drive in your first car, and just how that felt to you. You probably remember all the details of how the seats felt, and um, if there was anything wrong with it, you know, you remember that. Um, it's because... It was one of these moments where it's breakthrough. It's that your life was one way and then enters the situation and then you're different after that. Maybe it was when you got your first job that probably changed your life. And not only did it change it, but it changed it for the better forever because you got uh, a great job, um, you got a paycheck you were able to be able to to hold that in your hand. Do you remember that? When you had your first paycheck, you put it in your hand and just thought, wow, this changes everything. I have money now. Uh, Or when you looked at your your bank statement maybe and saw it in there, um, it's an empowering moment that, that says that your life is now different than it was before. Maybe it was a time when you, if you're in that situation where you had a child for the first time, your very first child. Well, what does that come with? You know, a lot of emotion. There's some worry there. There's some prayer. There is a, a celebration, a party. There's pictures and pictures and more pictures and videos. Why? Because it's a it's a big first in our lives. Our first child. There was there was our life before, and then there's our life after. And these moments are breakthrough moments, the firsts. And so what about the world? Uh, I think, you know, a a car and a job and a child, those those impact us personally. But what about the things that impact the entire world? Those firsts that once they happen, our world is never the same. Well, there was one of these things that happened right here in this area in Chicago in 1884, it was the very first skyscraper. So this skyscraper was called the Home Insurance Building and it scraped the sky at a whopping 10 stories high. But you know what is impressive about this is that, and and symbolic, is that this represented something that had never happened before. And once it, it came into existence, it changed cities all over the world. Of course you know Chicago looks nothing like that now. Cities all around the world that are large have the skyscrapers because it it changed the way the game was played. it changed uh, the capacity that was uh, that was capable. it leveraged going up instead of out. And so more was able to be accomplished with this new design. It was new materials. It was a new foundation. And it broke through the ordinary way of doing life and doing buildings. What about Jesus? That's why we're here today is to talk about him. And we know that Jesus didn't, he didn't build any skyscrapers per se, but he definitely had some skyscraper moments He had these moments where he did things that had not been done in the past. He said things that had never been said before. And so it's important for you and for me to know who Jesus is, what he stands for, what his mission is in life, for us to take the next step and put our faith in him, put our trust in him, to be able to follow him. So we see in John chapter 2, the story of his very first public miracle. It says it this way. The next day, there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. So remember that part, because we're going to come back to that. Uh, I think that is very significant. The wine supply ran out during the festivities. So Jesus' mother told him, they have no more wine. Dear woman, that is not our problem, Jesus replied. My time has not yet come. But his mother told the servants, do whatever he tells you. So that's interesting, is that Jesus' mother asked him knew who he was and called out this power in him to change the situation and did it not only one time but did it twice so standing nearby were six stone water jars used for Jewish ceremonial washing each could hold 20 to 30 gallons Jesus told the servants fill the jars with water and when the jars had been filled he said now dip some out and take it to the master of ceremonies. So, the servants followed his instructions. When the master of ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, not knowing where it had come from, although, of course, the servants knew, he called the bridegroom over. A host always serves the best wine first, he said. Then, everyone, then when everyone has had a lot to drink, he brings out the less expensive wine. But you have kept the best until now. And that's it. That was his first public miracle. So what does that mean? It, it was in some ways kind of small and insignificant. I mean, it was any miracle is, is a wow factor. But I mean, it's, it's water to wine. And even the story says only a few people really knew that it happened. So for his first miracle like this, it's interesting. What does it mean? What, what are we supposed to take from it? The thing about the Word of God that is absolutely incredible is that you can take a first reading through something like this, and you walk away with the obvious that Jesus has power. And that has significance to our lives. But when you go deeper... And you do some some deeper reading of this and spend some time on this, it just starts to come alive in all new ways. And you start to see that the real wow factor with this miracle is, is in what it represents. So we're going to spend some time talking about that today and help you uh, really internalize and take with you the power of the symbolism behind this very first message that Jesus was sending with this miracle. But before we do that, I'm just going to ask you a very simple question. When I ask you, who created the world? What's the answer that comes to mind for you? Just, you know, right now, who created the world? How many of you would just raise your hand and say, I said God. How many of you would say that, right? Hopefully, most of us, probably. It's because in Genesis, that's what it says. God created the world. So we, we know that. We've heard that. It's pretty common. But this was John chapter 2. So John chapter 1, just one chapter earlier, the author of John starts out by talking about creation. None of the other gospel accounts do that. And he's specifically doing this because he wants to make the connection for us that Jesus is revealing in this miracle that he is the creator, that he created the world. He was there when the world was created. He created the world. You have the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, the Trinity. They all did this. So here you have Jesus who is now revealing that he is the creator. He has the power to change nature. So that's helpful for us because if we're going to put our faith and our trust in someone, knowing that they are the creator of literally the world is, is very hopeful. It allows us to be able to come to him with expectation. In fact, verse 11 says it this way. This miraculous sign at Cana in Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. They believed in him. So at the heart of his miracle is faith. It is belief. It is a following that Jesus is going after. His mission is symbolic in that with this miracle that he wants us to believe in him and put our trust and faith in him. Symbolism in the Jewish culture was powerful. It was very common. And Jesus knew that he was part of that culture. And so he was using the language that for them, was, was one that they resonated with. They would take notice and pay attention to. And so it was, it was also very highly valued in, at that time. So we're going to look at some of the ways here that Jesus did this miracle and how it, it symbolized the foundation of his whole ministry for you and for me. So number one, we're going to start with, with his mom, with Mary. So there's a lot to this one, I think, um, there's, there's a couple that I want to point out. Number one is just the basics that it's his mom. And his mom, he, she knew him. She had a relationship with him. She knew who he was. And she called out the power in him. And again, not only once, but twice. She didn't command him to do it and tell him to do it. But she, she did call out his power to uh, address this situation. And so other places in the Bible we see, like in Ephesians, it talks about how God wants us to honor and obey our parents, and that when we do, um, we will live a long and prosperous and blessed life. There, there's a, a biblical principle to that. And so he's true to his character in, the, in this moment. But in addition to that, we have some, some real strong symbolism of how you and I can relate to God. Because at the core, you have Mary, who is a person, a human, and you have Jesus, who is God. So you have a human and God relating to each other. And you have her calling out this power because she has a relationship with Jesus and she believes in who he is. She, she believes in that. So there's this belief and relationship and, it, and it, it leads to this point where she asks for him to intercede. She invites him into this situation to address it. And he obliges. He does address the situation. So that is, uh, that's how your relationship and my relationship with God carries out today. Is that we can, we can connect with Jesus. We can become a friend of Jesus and then we can call out his power in, that is needed in certain situations. We can do that in our, in our lives. The second one, the second symbolism is, um, there's some prophetic to this where Jesus is bringing the new wine, the, the best wine they've ever had at the end, once they had run out. So in chronological um, order, it was normally done at the beginning, as it said in the story. Uh, usually they bring the best wine at the beginning. And then the, once everyone's kind of full, they bring the less expensive wine at the end. But Jesus flips that at this point. He flips it. and He says, the old way of doing religion, the old way of connecting to God, the old way of thinking, all of that is now flipped upside down. Now, the very best is at the end. So that's a theological statement for us because we know that when we have a relationship with Christ, when, do, when, when is it the best? At the end. I mean, at the end of our lives, we have hope that we will be in heaven and inherit eternal life in the kingdom of God and all the amazements that it comes with. The very, very best is literally at the end. And so it's, it's, it's foretelling that. And laying that out as a part of his message to us. Then there's more. There's another piece of symbolism which is the container. So here we have a stone container that Jesus is talking about where there's water inside. So the contents of value are on the inside of this container. And it was used as the story says is that it was for ceremonial washing. So what do you do? You go up to it when you, you're working in the fields. You're invited to this dinner and you, you know, this meal, and you have your hands and they're gross and maybe animal stuff on them or whatever. And you put them in there and you clean and you make yourself clean before um, the next step, you know, it, at the meal. And so this water becomes contaminated. Uh, it's got bacteria and just all it just is gross. So. The fact that he uses this, the contents of the container, so if this is our life and our heart is inside and our life, our spirit is on the inside, and he demonstrates that he has the power and the desire to take what is contaminated from sin and dirty and to change it in an instant into something highly valued and beautiful and uh, totally new. That is, that's very hopeful. That's very exciting. Um, and it is, and that is the core of his message here. Is that our lives, no matter what condition they are. You know, if, you, if you're not following the Lord. And you're, you're going through life on your own you know that it, you, it just builds up over time and just the decisions and, and there's some guilt and shame and, and we, we know that we fall short of the glory of God. There's really no argument with that. No one says I'm perfect. But over time, it can be a heavy weight on us and God knows that. And so he provided a way, he provided a solution and in this container, he says, I will fill you up and i will change you in an instant. So if you like instant gratification, there, this miracle is saying 100% of the time with 100% of the people that come to the father, come to Jesus, come to him and ask him for forgiveness, he will change you. And you might be feeling today like you are empty. You know like you're in a place where you've got nothing. You have no more hope, you have no you're empty on resources, you're empty on relationships. Um, your financial situation is upside down and you need Jesus to just flat out fill you up and to change your life and make it new. That is the hope that comes from this miracle. It is a changing of your old into a changing of new. It was changing of the old religion into a relationship. It was a changing of sin into salvation, a changing of our hopelessness into hope. And so when that happens, this new inside of our lives bears fruit. We have the fruit of the Spirit. We have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, long-suffering, all these things that now are a part of our life in, in abundance because Jesus has changed our life in an instant. So what about the massive volume of this wine? So in the story... Uh, it's it's 100, about 180 gallons of wine. And usually uh, there is a, uh, a celebration after a wedding uh, it, at the time the story was written where they, they would take a week you know, to celebrate. So uh, at this point, they were probably at least halfway through and all the wine was gone. So now you have, again, it's not the least expensive wine. It, this is the best stuff they have ever had. And there's 180 gallons of it. Why would Jesus make so much? What is the point of that? Why did he do that? Well, we do know that Jesus has a track record of abundance and being a lavish giver. Jesus is is an extravagant giver, and, and he not only provides abundance on earth, but also in heaven. And so we see this displayed in a variety of ways. For example, you have the Apostle Paul who killed Christians. And what did he deserve and what did he get? He even talks about how he himself received extravagant grace from Jesus. You have the thief who was on the cross. And he did a crime and rightfully so was being punished and on his way to hell. And what did he get? He looked to Jesus and Jesus gave him paradise. It's extravagant giving You have the feeding of the 5,000 And Jesus, he met the needs of every single one of those people he, They all had something to eat Bread and fish And then they had leftovers So what's the problem with Jesus? Can he not count? He, what's with all the leftovers? Yeah, he can count And the point is He gives us more He is a Jesus that provides more, and that's part of the character of God. So when it comes to our lives, my question for you today is, just like Jesus and the disciples and Mary were invited to the wedding, how often do you invite Jesus into your daily life, into your situations? Because if they were not invited to the wedding, obviously— there would not have been an opportunity for them to experience his miracle and his provision. So how often do you invite Jesus into you? I know that you have situations every single day. You, I mean, you're just like me. You have situations, relational stuff, job stuff. There's just all kinds of things. How often are you inviting Jesus to come in to those daily situations? It's kind of a nice litmus test on where we're at in our faith and our and the opportunity for growth and, and drawing closer to God. Because in the story, it was the disciples who had drawn close to Jesus that saw his power and experienced that. And, and, the, and those servants were also close to that miracle. It was people that had drawn close to him that, had, that were able to experience and see it. The other people didn't even know it happened. So inviting Jesus into your life, into your situations... Gives him an opportunity to do this amazing miracle uh, in your life. And if you haven't asked Jesus into your life before, if you have never called on his name, if you've never given your life to him, then you find yourself going through life on your own and doing your very best. But you know that there just there might be something missing. And you walk through life wearing your stuff. You have, you have the good and you have the bad. You have your habits and your failures and your fears. And that's just, it, you, we wear that as people, we just do. And it becomes heavy. That burden isn't meant for us to carry. There is a way to give it away. There's a way to be clean. And it's to come to Jesus humbly with a repentant heart mm-hmm. And to say, Jesus, I want you to forgive me. I want you to make me clean and new. And when you come to him with that attitude and that spirit, that is when the door opens. And then you can enter into the presence of God and he changes your life in an instant. And you are never, ever the same. You come out clean. You come out new. You come out transformed. Your life is now been changed from water into wine it has been changed from something that was contaminated into something that is now highly valued and it didn't take 10 years there wasn't this huge process it didn't take 20 years again if you like instant gratification this is god's way of doing it in the blink of an eye and he forgives us if we have one sin that we have done or if we have a hundred thousand sins He takes them all away, which is almost hard to believe in the blink of an eye. And he makes us pure in the sight of God and makes a way for us to go to heaven. That is the exciting, hopeful message of the gospel and this first public miracle of Jesus Christ. So I'm going to give you that opportunity right now to have God do that in your life. So would you close your eyes and bow your heads with me just in respect to those around you that this is This is your moment. This is your opportunity. And and please don't pass it by. Don't allow this moment to pass by. If the Holy Spirit is speaking to you today, if you are resonating with this illustration that Jesus gave of, of water to wine, of old to new, if you know that you need Jesus to come into your life and make you a new creation, would you just slip your hand up so that I can see it and pray with you today? Yeah, that's great. That is awesome. Praise the Lord. Anyone else just wants to say to God, just symbolic, you put your hand up and you just say, I I recognize that today and I want Jesus to make me new. It's great. For those who've raised their hands, you just pray a prayer like this to God right now in your own words, you just say, Lord Jesus, I believe in what you did on the cross. You died for my sins and made a way for me to go to heaven. I believe that. I believe what you did in this first miracle. I believe in your mission to save me from my sin. And Jesus, I pray that you would forgive me of the sins that I have done in my life, the wrong choices that I have done. And I pray that you would wash them away, take them away, remove them and make me clean before the Father. Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Empower me to be able to move the kingdom of God forward in special ways. We just pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. By praying a prayer like that, you know, in your own words, you're admitting that you're a sinner, you're telling God that you want him to come into your life and forgive you. And he does it because, again... The mission is about heart. This is what he's after. He's after your heart. But in the first miracle that we're talking about, there were two things. There was this heart change, and also it happened in the context of a situation. There was they didn't have any more wine, and they just need they needed more wine. You have a situation. I know that all of us here today, if you were to tell me you would share a situation in your life that you would would like God to help with. And it might be small and it might seem insignificant and it might seem like that's not something that I would ask Jesus to do miraculously. It's just something I have to deal with. Well, it's not. It's something that you can bring to Jesus and you can ask him to change and to help and to direct in the same way that he did in the miracle that happened at the wedding. So invite him into your wedding. Invite him into your your life and your day. And so I would just like to ask you to stand with me as we close today by singing a song that will give you an opportunity to do this very thing. We have board members and prayer team partners and pastors. I'd like to just invite them all to come down and just stand here uh, down in the front for you so that they can be here and pray with you. Um, so if you can come now and just kind of be, be prepared and ready. Um, we want to give you an opportunity to have God do a miracle in your life. This is week two of our miracle series. And so it ends next week with what I think we would say is the culmination, the the biggest miracle of all, which was the resurrection of Jesus. And so today we can call out his power together. We can invite him into our lives, into our situation. So it might be a marriage and you might be on that, that hopeless side of it. But there is hope. You might have a financial situation and there is hope. You might have a relational issue with a sister or a brother and you think I, it's just not possible, but there is hope. Jesus did a miracle in a very common thing. And so he cares about your every situation, the most small, the most common, and the biggest situations that you're dealing with. For more info about Journey Church, please visit jrnychurch.com.